Hello, I'm Jeremy Raddick from Doctor Who, the TV movie, and you're listening to Doctor Who's line is it? Anyway, where everything's made up and neither script nor canon matters. Lovely listeners, and welcome back to Doctor Who's line, is it? Anyway, this week we aren't doing what we did the last time. Don't worry, don't worry. As I said before, we probably will give that a try again, um, but we will get a bit more structure into it and and actually try and tell a story this time. But uh, we're not doing that this time. What we are doing this time is we're having a bit of a chat. There's been some exciting Doctor Who news of late, so we thought we would talk about it. And it's Darren and myself, although we may very well have some guests joining us later on. So over to me, over to Darren, to start the conversation going. So there are two of us here today, and so we thought we'd just have a little bit of a chat, as we do from uh, from time to time. And there is some fairly significant news from the last week that we thought would uh, would make a good topic for conversation, and that is, of course, uh, the return of Christopher Eccleston, 15 years after taking on... Well, actually, 16 years after taking on the role, really, I suppose, but left the role 15 years ago returning to big finish that that i don't know about you darren but that came right out of the blue for me yeah definitely was not expecting that but yeah good news for eccleston fans definitely very very i think very good news for all of us really because you know if if the likes of christopher eccleston who it it looked like for a very long period of time was never going to have anything to do with the show again mm. even though he he didn't say bad things about it but he clearly didn't want to have any involvement in it in any way, shape or form. There was clearly a softening in the recent past when he started to do conventions and then realised that um, he wasn't going to be descended upon by a pack of wolves, I think. Yeah. Uh, so that obviously softened things towards him. But I I, I really didn't see the uh, the announcement of him returning to the role in a... Was it a twelve-part series or something like that? I think it's yeah, twelve. Twelve-part yeah, 12 series, parts. full cast audio. Now, but it, did, it didn't say including Billy Piper, so it could be pre-Rose. You know, following the regeneration after the events of Day of the Doctor and leading up to what happened with Billy Piper, or it may very well, it may possibly potentially be that there is Rose in there as well, or it could be in traditional Big Finish fashion, slotting in somewhere where. I'm trying to think where there could be a gap with that. I mean, it's certainly not... Rose was with him throughout his entire regeneration, wasn't she? Or or on screen. On screen, but that, that's the thing. Were, was there any point when he could have jaunted off somewhere else and come back? Because that has happened before. Yeah. So, if we think about it, obvious, uh-huh. it's obviously not Rose... And then Rose led directly into End of the World, and End of the World led directly into Unquiet Dead, and then they were clearly together when they came back to Earth for Aliens of London. Nothing happened during Aliens of London. Oh, I tell you when it possibly... You possibly could have had 
something going on Father's Day because clearly it, it's not happened during Aliens of London then Dalek which was immediately afterwards looked like it followed on from and they were together so it wasn't like I think they left together and they've arrived together and there's nothing in between I don't think we're going to work on the assumption that he's dropped her somewhere and then gone off although you know it's within the realms of possibility that could be the case mm. but then Dalek leads directly into long game with no gap between because they've got Adam and then they go off to London for Father's Day but the Doctor is written out of time by the Reapers isn't he briefly and then appears again at the end so yeah. if they took it I don't think they would but if they took it from there that would at least explain why he was on his own with her not with him if he went somewhere I, I, I get the feeling it's likely to be pre-Rose I would, that, this is the most likely thing because that gives the potential for uh, another companion as well uh, well yes although something which Big Finish is very good at doing uh, yes but I suspect they wouldn't if they're going pre-Rose because I think the whole thing with that was that Rose brought the Doctor back to himself after the events of the Time War and if he's been with another companion then unless it's a fractious relationship with a companion then I don't think that, that the thing with Rose would have had the impact that it had mm. what it would give them of course would be if you remember in Rose uh, Rose went to see Clive <laughs> that's the one <laughs> uh, Mark Benton's character <laughs> Mark Benton's character Clive the one who'd been investigating the Doctor she found him online and then went to see him and while she was with him Mickey got gobbled up by the bin and he showed her that picture of the Doctor uh, um, it was it with the crowd with the Titanic and then there was an, oh, yes, another yeah. a line drawing of him somewhere else in some sort of island or jungle thing. And then obviously there was the um, the, the 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 shot from of, of the Kennedy's assassination where where he was seen there, all being Eccleston. So that implies that the yeah, very... so he'd been clearly been having fun and uh, buggering about despite the effects of the time war. Well, he'd clearly been doing something. I think that would potentially that would appeal to Eccleston as well if it was the idea that he was still dealing with the fallout of the Time War and wasn't the character that he would become after meeting Rose, that would give him something to play with. Yeah. Which I think would appeal to him as an actor. So I think that is probably the most likely thing. Of course, what we'll probably find is after this goes out, or the day before this goes out, they'll they'll announce Billy Piper in it as well. <laughs> and this that, all, well, that would be more than this likely. This will all yeah. go out the window. What I suspect, if she is going to be in it, is possibly more likely, is that they would have a series of stories without her, but then some with her if she was announced to be in it because I know they don't take very long to do these things but 12 stories you're still looking at what 12 weekends realistically to record 12 stories I think they can do a story in a weekend can't they which is fine if you're doing a one-off yeah um, but if you're doing a whole series that's going to take a lot of time and mm. he's I think quite busy I would imagine she's quite busy but it would be interesting it would definitely be interesting to find out what they would do with that and of course it does then mean that if he's open to doing more of these 
it opens up the possibility of actually getting the multi-doctor story with the ninth doctor that that people have been been craving really which obviously yeah. you know, since since day of the doctor was announced and uh, and obviously yeah. he no. was originally the planned third doctor for that it being the the three new series doctors at the time mm. and whilst i still in some ways wish they'd gone with paul mcgann you know, because it would have been lovely to see him properly back on screen. I mean, the Night of the Doctor was fantastic, but it would have been lovely to have seen him properly, properly in the show again. Oh, yeah, and that would have explained it quite nicely. But then we wouldn't have had John Hurt. No, and I don't, and I don't think there's many people, whether you whether you like the idea of the War Doctor or not, who would want to write John Hurt out of out of the show's history somehow. I certainly wouldn't. I I thought no, you know. It, the idea of the War Doctor wasn't the most appealing idea, but it was quite a sort of nice reveal when they sort of sort of had starring John Hurt as the Doctor or anything. Ooh, yeah, that right at the end of the uh, name of the Doctor, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And he did play it sublimely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. he, he was John Hurt. How could he not? Exactly. Exactly. Have you heard any of the, um, any of the Big Finish War Doctor episodes? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've listened to the first two series, and I won't give anything away, but they are very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't yet because um, I well, one, I haven't had the time really to listen to listen to anything, but also I haven't had the <laughs> the expense <laughs> available to me. Yeah. To buy a lot of big finish stuff. What I tend to do with big finish stuff, as and when I do get stuff, you know, they have offers on. You might you might be able yeah. to pick up a CD for three quid or four quid or something like that, and if it's one that I haven't got, and I generally try and fill in the gaps in the early stages to what uh, to what I'm missing, and then go for stories with which I feel are going to be the ones that I'm going to want to listen to, which will be ones with recurring characters, you know, like like the recurring monsters, or obviously it would be something like the, the War Doctor coming back, or or something like that. The Tenth Doctor and River Song. If if that kind of thing went on a budget release, then I'd I'd be more interested possibly in getting that rather than a a standalone story. Even though the standalone stories can be exceptionally good, yeah. There's automatically the the interest of oh, what are they going to do with this? If you know it's something something from the show's history coming back. I, I must admit, when it comes to Big Finish, I I have listened. Like I said, I've listened to the War Doctor first couple of series. I've listened to a couple of series of River Song. I tend to be less enthusiastic about the spin-offs from the new series. I tend to be less enthusiastic about the new series altogether. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not. F- I, 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 if you tell me there's a Six Doctor story coming along, yes, that's the sort of thing that gets me excited. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I'm discounting Eccleston. You know, I'm not saying I'm not not interested. But uh, no, but you are traditionally a classic series fan, and that's that's yeah, where your primary so. interest lies. You're you're like myself. You know, I. I love the new series. I think the new series has done some wonderful things, and yeah, absolutely. some of the new series stories are right up there amongst my very favourites from the entire run of the show. In fact, I think my top four currently consists of three stories that are from the new series and one from the classic series. I, th- I think it's probably because it's the era you grew up with, mm. and it's kind of like throws you back into your childhood a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a sort of romanticism about it. There is, yes, definitely. It's it's that it's like putting on a nice, comfortable pair of slippers. It, it's 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 something that yeah. you feel familiar with and comfortable with, and so you, um, you know, and you get those, like you say, those nostalgic feelings 
for it. Mm. I mean, uh, at the moment, I'm working my way through all the Fifth Doctor stories. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the Fifth Doctor was never. I wouldn't. No, I'm not going to say he wasn't a favourite, but I, I perhaps paid a little less attention to his stories than maybe other Doctors on Big Finish. Right. Maybe because his first few were not terribly good. They weren't bad, but mm. but they weren't outstanding. And um, now I'm. Sort I think of... his, his first. One, I mean, apart from Sirens of Time, which I think, which was was obviously the very first one. I think the first one he he had the second story, didn't he? Which was Phantasmagoria, I think, if I remember rightly. I think I think so. Something yeah. Like that. And Land of the Dead, I think, was one of his, which was which was a Turlo story, wasn't it? It was him and Turlo. Yeah. The second one, as I recall. Uh, I mean, now I'm at the sort of stage where he's got Nissa and Tegan, and the one I've just done, I've just done the Peterloo Massacre, which if anyone's listened to that. Oh right, yes. Yes, that is an astonishing story. I've heard part one of that, I believe. The, uh, that that one is, in my opinion, it's up there with Chimes of Midnight and Ooh. Spare Parts. Spare Parts. That's the two that people always mention. It's as those two. Devastatingly brilliant. Excellent. It's just it's just a pure historical, yeah. and it's got some really deep stuff in there. Stuff that you would not expect to have in Doctor mm. Who, to be honest. It's incredibly powerful. What is it called? Hello. Ah! Hello, Tits. <laughs> Hello, Sixty. Hi, Miles. Hello, Sue. Nice of you to join us. Randy's on the way. Hey, good. Good. Here I am. Randy is here. Excellent. Hello, Randy. And then there were four. Well, I'll, I'll bring you up to speed with um with what we've been what we've been talking about, which is basically um the news, the recent news from from uh, just a few days ago that Christopher Eccleston is returning mm. to the role of the Doctor. Yeah. I, I presume you're both uh, happy about it. Yes! Sure, yeah. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I figured it was only a matter of time. Yes, I'm delighted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, for, for, for both of us, we were we were a little bit stunned by it because it, it came with no warning that's true and you know and I, I, I saw on Twitter Christopher Eccleston was trending and I thought oh I wonder what he's done hmm. actually no I tell a lie I had yeah at the same time as that was going on um, I had a I had an email through from uh, from Big Finish saying <laughs> saying news and there it was and I was like whoa they've done it they've actually done it and it was only organised this year uh, on a 12 part series and we, we were trying to work out what they will actually do with this because it was announced as full cast audios but they haven't announced anybody else that's been in it which obviously mm. includes Billy Piper so our suspicion is that they may well go pre-Rose mm -hmm. because we knew that there were at least three stories that could be uh, used which was the uh, the Titanic the JFK assassination and there was something something on the Galapagos Islands mm. or something like that that, that we saw when uh, when Rose went to oh, see yeah. Clive in, um, mm -hmm. during Rose so we know that there are at least three previous adventures and of course you could actually sort of have the, the prequel to, to Rose itself with the, the Doctor finding out about the, the Nestines and mm -hmm. and, uh, and you know what they, were, what they were planning to do so you could actually actually lead it right up to when the series started potentially um, and we thought that by doing that having a doctor that's still um, 
very much affected by the time war before before Rose has sort of like mm-hmm. brought him back to himself as 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 we described it that um that that would actually give Eccleston himself uh, a bit more to play with from the acting stakes and that that mm-hmm. would potentially appeal to him and so that might be one of the reasons why he's agreed to come back and do it because he's he sees something else that he can do with the character in the you know the the form that we first we first saw it mm-hmm. and it wouldn't need to be so so sort of jolly and what have you and he could put his put his his angst to good use but either way or he's just ru- or yeah. he's just run out of money because of lockdown <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't see christopher eccleston just running out of money somehow not with the the, the back catalogue of work that he's had and the massive shows and films that he's been in i can't see him just no. just running out somehow you know, you just you just think of the residual. You never know. He might have he might have a massive cocaine habit or something. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher, he doesn't mean it, Christopher. <laughs> yes, because he's listening to this because he's you know now he's that, that, that back on board with the show. He's now listening to small podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so excited. I absolutely adored him when he came on. So as the ninth doctor, so I'm just really happy that he's back. That they mm-hmm. got him. That's mm. that's great. Yes. So we were then trying to work out if it was post Rose, then have they found somewhere where he could disappear off and have an adventure on his own and then return back, filling in the little gaps that they they tend to find in Big Finish, you know, mm-hmm. which is generally between stories. But I suppose. Yeah. I mean, the fifth the, the fifth Doctor story that I'm listening to at the moment has very cleverly worked the Doctor in to exactly before the happenings of Little Holcomb. Oh, yes, The Awakening. The Awakening. Yeah, and uh, there's a smashing story with the Master. Oh, right. Hmm. That being Geoffrey Beavers, presumably. The Geoffrey Beavers Master, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a cracking story, and he's just sort of pissed off and left Tegan and Nessa to go and... and Tegan and Turlow. ...find her uncle or granddad or... Uh, yeah, Tegan and Turlow, yeah. sorry. Uh, to find her granddad or a uncle or whatever the hell it was. It was grandfather, wasn't it? That's right, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but it it even gives a nice reference that um, because he's at the village yeah. and one of the people that the masters fell in with was taught by the school teacher and so she gets a name drop in it. Ah. Hmm. So it's very cleverly worked in. So, it, it, you know, it, it could happen with the Eccleston. They are very, very good at finding these little creases within stories where you can you can they fit are. something in, either between stories or during stories. Mm. You know, it's essential, really, for them because they have to find ways to get mm-hmm. the characters in. There are certain characters where you think, well, how can you, how can you possibly get, mm-hmm. the, get this person in? But they do it, and they do it terribly well. They do it incredibly well, yes, yes. Oh wow! And of course, it now means that we only need Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi to come back on, and we can have had every possible mm-hmm. previous Doctor, apart from the current one, um, has having done some having done some big finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, of course, again as we mentioned previously, um, opening up the, the prospect of a multi-Doctor story with the Ninth Doctor, which you know mm. has been long awaited. I don't know about. Uh, Matt Smith, but I get the feeling that Capaldi would do it at the drop of a hat. I I thought that was going to be the case, although I think, I I believe that after he left the role, he 
kind of suggested that he wouldn't be returning to it. I mean, he said, you know, people say that initially. Eccleston said he was never going to return to it. Tom Baker said he wasn't going to return to it. You know, it, things happen down the line. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Peter Capaldi coming back to it at some point. But well, it's his, it's his love for the show initially as a child exactly. and all that. Yes, that, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. That sort of makes yeah. me think he, he, he'll, he'll never fully leave it. I don't think. No, I don't. I don't think. How could you? Mm-hmm. If you love it that much, I would find it very difficult to believe that that he wouldn't ever consider coming back to it again, uh, particularly mm. if the right story was mm-hmm. there. Let's face it: there's one obvious event coming up in the not too distant future where you have to consider that he must be a possibility for, and that would be a 60th anniversary story if they mm-hmm. are going to do another multi-doctor story. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which th- this recent news does open up the question of would they possibly be able to get Christopher Eccleston back if he's already returned to the role on audio would he consider coming back to the show itself mm. which would be fascinating but again you know how do you how do you fit that in considering the events of the time war Stephen Moffat <laughs> Stephen Moffat obviously managed to um, to work everybody into this it would it's clearly it's something that's easier when you get post Eccleston to get multi-doctors in. Mm-hmm. They mentioned that one of the reasons he came back, somebody at Galley said he walked onto the stage and they sang happy birthday to him and he was blown away. Yes, but, I read that on Twitter. Yeah, and they said, so to everybody at Galley, thank you very much, and to everybody else, you're welcome. Because they, <laughs> that blew him away that the room was packed beyond packed, and he stepped on stage and they sang happy birthday to him. That's when the tide started to turn, according to this gentleman from Galley. Yeah, um, I think the, the, the tide had possibly started to turn when he did the first Comic-Con. Ah. Because obviously he had to do a first convention. And that, obviously a more general thing, but ultimately you're still going to be end up facing fans of the show that you were in. And I think he mm-hmm. discovered from that that people did still have a lot of a lot of love for him and the character, um, were grateful for what he'd done. Obviously, some people, you know, have been resentful of the fact that he didn't stay around very long. But the fact that the show has continued for the next fifteen years means that there's clearly no permanent damage from that. <laughs> so I, I think that there's just a lot of warmth for, to, to get him back into the show, and and I think that is what led to him then considering doing doing galley and obviously that was uh was a very positive experience for him yeah i think it's safe to say that whoever plays the doctor there is automatically a lot of warmth for them oh there's there's mm-hmm. no question there is no question you know from 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 all quarters i mean i think the only exception you might say is from all these not my doctor nutcases oh. with jodie Whittaker mm-hmm. and they can f- off yep. yeah <laughs> i think in general Sorry, I've got an itch in my ear. Sorry, you'll have to cut that bit. That's all right, I'll edit it out. Or in. One of the two. What a sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could hear that, could you? <laughs> I forgot there was a microphone. I forgot there was a microphone on that side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at all of the doctors. I mean, there's a lot of love for all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every single one of them is somebody's favourite doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. of exactly. course. You know, also, we every were... single one of them is probably somebody's least favourite Doctor. But even I think in 
in a lot of cases I won't say in all cases or even possibly in most cases but certainly in a lot of cases your least favorite doctor is still a doctor that you you know that you really like and, and you'll happily might. watch yeah, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. yeah i mean you you ask you ask someone who their least favorite doctor is and then you say what what about this story and that story and they say oh yeah i like i like that one and i like that one yeah oh yeah absolutely absolutely you know i mean i th- i think that the ones that, that that tend to end up at the bottom of the pile tend to be more often than not colin baker who was very poorly served with his stories on tv yeah William Hartnell, who obviously was a different character from the one that we were used to, and obviously the pace of TV back then, and you know the fact that he was an older, much older man, possibly um, you know didn't appeal to some people, and and Paul McGann for the plain and simple reason that he was only in one story. Yeah. Obviously, you know you you delve a little deeper, and and there's there's an awful lot to like about. Every one, each one of the three of them. Well, Colin Baker. I mean, the way he was treated. Okay, and and, uh, and there is some fair criticism about some of his era. Some of the stories were not as good as others, but that's not his fault. And but that's not his fault. That's that's the the, the joy of it. It's not his fault. Yeah, exactly. But he was fantastic. And I mean, his big finish stuff is by far yes. the best, in my opinion. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, he's, Absolutely love um, the guy. He his his reputation has markedly improved since since doing Big Finish and 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 the stuff that's yeah. come out from there. I think it it suits his style of acting as well. I mean, the, the development of his Doctor is phenomenal on yes. audio. Yes, and stuff like uh, his relationship with a Evelyn yes. that really softened his Doctor. Yes, and made him much less brusque and much more likable. Yeah, absolutely, his relationship with Perry, the, the the whole giving Mel a backstory and and making her an interesting character. Yes, Big Finish have done amazing things with mm-hmm. with Colin Baker and and some of the less popular companions. Like I mean, I think it's fair to say that Mel wasn't probably. Oh, she's she's, she's not gonna, she's not going to be near the top of the list, is she? But she's fantastic mm. on audio. Really, really likable. Well, and she came straight out and said at a at a convention, I was hired because I could scream. Yeah. But she can act. Yeah. And it's yeah. like you didn't give her a chance to do what she does wonderful. Yeah. I mean, if you wonderfully add is act. Let her let her act yeah. and scream. But and not not act. only could she scream, but she could scream in the key of E. Was it the key of E? Oh I think which is which is yeah. the key that the the the, the sting at the at the end of the episode is it. Yeah. So they could they could <laughs> actually blend her scream into the into the end of the episode. That was one I mean, of the reasons. I mean, if, <laughs> reason. if, if you've seen her in EastEnders recent, probably a year or two ago now, mm. her acting in that has been absolutely phenomenal. She, she's a really good actress. Mm-hmm. I think Very I think so. the thing is that that obviously people people knew her from. Those who knew her at all knew her that knew that she was in musicals, and they knew her from Just William. Just William, when, yeah. when she was Violet Elizabeth Bott, I'll scream and scream and scream till I'm sick. When she was a child, yeah. And the fact that she did stage stuff and her performances were probably because I don't think she'd done much t- television at that point. I think she'd predominantly done stage stuff, and her performances did seem to be larger and louder than they needed to be whether that was direction whether that was just what she was used to or not i don't know but definitely when you you know you get her in the sort of the quieter the softer moments there's a lot more there same is true of sylvester mccoy uh, yeah. you know he came clearly with a you know with an acting history but to most people he was the bloke off of vision on and what was the other thing jigsaw is it jigsaw that the o's the o men i i i had genuinely never heard of him until he 
I mean, I'd, I'd actually never heard of him until long after he had been the Doctor because I'd given up on Doctor Who by a couple of episodes into Colin Baker. Yeah. Just purely because of my age, I think. Uh, I was much more interested in going out and hanging out with friends and things like that. And I didn't really have the time for Doctor Who then. And, and so it sort of all fell by the wayside. But it was when it came out on VHS that I started buying the McCoy stuff. Yeah. And, I, and you know, I thought, hello, this is actually really quite good. Yeah. I mean, I remember obviously, you know, having followed it all the way through when we had the hiatus when it was off the air for 18 months, which you know seemed like a major thing back then and these days it just seems like a regular <laughs> I, I remember getting terribly furious about that despite the fact that i didn't actually watch it anymore yeah well you know how with... dare they do this to my favorite show that i don't watch <laughs> and then obviously it came back with trial when it was a truncated season and that's another thing that's bloody underrated trial of a time lord i think it's fantastic i think it started superbly with that model shot of the mm-hmm. of the uh, space station and yeah um, and, and that was the the high spot of <laughs> most of the season I like it I do like it but in in comparison to a lot of what else has gone on I didn't feel it was the strongest series I thought yeah, it's that not there Genesis were... of the Daleks or season two, it's it definitely that, but... not no no I mean, I that, mean you know there's there's good bits in all the stories each story um, has its merits I mean Terror of the Verboids is fantastic Terror of the Verboids I think is potentially the best story of the series yeah definitely I think the, the, there's a there's a little bit of a an issue if you like because of the the, the, the trial scenes within it but then you could aim mm-hmm. that at any part of Trial of a Time Lord and the fact that the trial scenes break up the uh, break up the story. Well, does does doesn't the the Blu-ray has a an edited edition of uh, it, I think it is try um, Vervoids. The Vervoids. Yeah. yeah well, it it, it, it certainly wasn't going to be mind warp, was it? Because the trial scenes are kind of kind of essential to, <laughs> to, to mind warp. to it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think yeah, Terror of the Vervoids has a completely edited without all the yeah. trial scenes just into the. Pure yeah. murder mystery, which you know, as a story on its own, it was it was quite sort of traditional Doctor Who. It was nothing spectacular. Mm. No, but it's a good fun story. But yeah, absolutely, yes. And I, and I think the the Vervoids were a good idea, but I think the, the costuming a bit too penis. <laughs> well, not even so much that it was just so clearly fabric. Yeah, I mean, well, when you had the as opposed to or, or organic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you had the magic of the crinoids exactly. in Seeds of Doom and that body horror mm-hmm. yeah um, and, and that was yeah. sort of 10-15 years earlier yeah the effort that went into the vervoids was really piss poor frankly yeah it, it's the same thing and it, it's the same same kind of thing and I appreciate that this was a slightly different thing because the original plans kind of fell through for that but the Famazi in the Leisure Hive it's the same kind of thing they do mm. not look yeah they do not look reptilian. They look like no. uh, they look like a sort of a fabric costume. Yeah, and that was that was the issue with that. But sometimes these are circumstances forced upon the production team. They don't have a, have, a, have a say in, and they may just have not been able to have created anything that looked sufficiently sort of like a plant. Yeah, it is where the imagination comes mm-hmm. in. So there you have it, listeners. That was part of the conversation. It went on a bit, so we're splitting it into two weeks. But as per usual, obviously, 
we're finding it difficult to stick stick to the topic in hand because we do have a tendency to let the conversation wander. I think that's perfectly harmless, perfectly natural. And yeah, why not? It's organic. Let it happen. So there we go. So part one of the conversation. Join us next time for part two. Ooh, where will it go from here? You'll have to tune in to find out. Bye. You can use most of these things as sound effects. <laughs> Probably could actually. <laughs> I tend to just call them old man noises and be done with it. <laughs> yes. The zip was good. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, yeah, so that's the uh, headphone <laughs> case. So the pair of you are around about 16 minutes then. I need to remember that. 16 minutes for you two starting uh, after we both started ours. So. Well, here, Miles, you can remember it this way. 16 candles. There mm. we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that. <laughs> well, that just kind of like tremendous reaction. <laughs> that yeah. fellow with a mighty thud, didn't it? Mm. And not just a thud. I mean, it hit shit on the way down, rolled. And... like to get involved with Doctor Who's Liners in any way, there's many different ways that you can do so. Obviously, we're always looking for cast members. So if you just fancy having a go, having a go at a bit of improv, the more people we can get involved, the better the chance of actually recording something and therefore producing new episodes for you to listen to. Uh, so you can reach us through Twitter, through Facebook, any one of us you can speak to myself, Kat, Suki, Robin Sue, any one of us just let, let us know that you're interested and we'll get you in, on board and you can have a go you can also, if you like, try your hand a bit of editing my new job is taking up a lot of my time and therefore I'm not getting much of an opportunity to do much editing and I can't do much at the moment anyway because all the files are in the ether but if we produce new stuff it would be nice if somebody else would like to have a go at that so you can do that obviously if you fancy producing sound effects music ideas for plots ideas for uh, characters anything like that we'd be more than grateful to receive them and we'll instigate anything that we can for you and of course it always helps to uh, boost our, our ratings boost our public profile if we can get likes and comments on things like iTunes so if you've listened to the podcast and you like what you hear just stick a few stars on it for us just write a little review it would be very much appreciated and if it gets us out there more people hear us more people might be interested in joining in we might get more cast as a result of that it keeps the podcast going so any assistance you can give us in that direction would be very much appreciated and as mentioned previously, we will be back in a couple of weeks with our next episode. So until then, cheerio. From all of us here on BBC One, a very good night. Good night.